6, we have been going through this model prayer as it's titled in my Bible. We also, you've heard it been, it's been called the Lord's Prayer. Um, I said a couple weeks ago that we could also look at it as the, the disciples prayer because it's a model. It's a, it's a roadmap of Jesus showing us and telling his disciples of how they ought to pray, pray in this manner. And so, uh, I'm, I'm really, I've said this almost every week of just how excited I am to be able to be preaching this message. This is one of the things that you know, over the last couple years, we, Jake and I have looked ahead and tried to prepare and see uh, what we're going to preach, where our church is, and, and all those different things. And, and this was something that was very heavy on Jake's heart that he wanted us in the month of June to be able to go through, and it will carry on to one week in July, but to go through the Lord's Prayer. And um, I've had the opportunity this month to preach two out of these four messages, and it's been really encouraging to me because of just being able to really dive in on something that you may have said at a ball field or, or you have maybe just said growing up in church or whatever, but to really examine what the Lord Jesus Christ was actually saying in, the, in, these, in these words, in these moments, has uh, just been really encouraging to my life. We, going through the scripture in verse 9, Real quick, it says, in this manner, Jesus tells them, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's talking about, we looked at that verse at week one of how we understand who our Father is. We understand that relationship that we have with Holy God and the reverence and the, not only the relationship, but also the uh, reverence we should have with Holy God. But in verse 10, he tells us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, it's not about my will being done, but it's about the Lord's will being done. And that's what we should be praying in our life. Not us trying to get God on our page, on, on our terms, but us finding out what's going on in heaven and trying to bring heaven down here on this earth. And so that's what he's talking about in verse 10 and verse 11. Last week we looked at give us this day our daily bread, how God not only provides for us physically, spiritually, uh, just mentally, God provides for us each and every way through our life and that God is going to be going to give us the things that are sufficient for us for that day. And that it's not about the needs of tomorrow, even though God does provide for us for tomorrow, and it's okay for us to plan, but we understand that God is going to provide for us each and every day. And then this week, we're going to look at verse 12. Verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so this morning, the title of our message is going to be forgiveness, okay, forgiveness. And so we'll look at how, and the two points is going to be forgiveness for us, and then also forgiveness for others. And so that's just your quick outline uh, this morning. And so I, I, I was trying to figure out of the best way for me to describe um, what, I'm, what I'm fixing to say is, but it, it basically boiled down for me as just not being disciplined enough to do what I'm fixing to say. I really wish that I would stop and really examine uh, the, the scripture to back what I'm fixing to say up. Uh, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it almost looks like an outline of the rest of the gospel, the rest of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. And it's almost like it's a thesis statement. It's almost like, like I said, an outline of what's fixing to happen. We do understand that the Lord knows the end from the beginning. Even the beginning of creation, when God's speaking all these things into existence, 
The Lord knows. He knew you were going to exist. He knew the things that were going to happen in your life. The Lord knows what's going to happen. He's all-knowing. And so even at the beginning of time, when Jesus stepped on, uh, well not, and even in this passage of Scripture, when Jesus stepped into this moment and He's starting His earthly ministry, He knew His timeline that He was going to finish His earthly ministry there at the cross, there at the tomb for us. And so when He's on this place, He starts out, by calling his disciples. He starts and, and he started to heal people. And we see this in the previous chapter in Matthew. And he starts gathering a big crowd. And we saw a couple weeks ago that Jesus, he doesn't speak to the crowd, but rather he goes up into the mountain. And he goes there and he sits there with his disciples and he begins to preach. He begins to teach to them. And so what he does, what I've seen is that he starts to really give an outline, like I said, a thesis of what's going to happen throughout his earth and ministry. The reason I say that is because every one of these uh, scripture, every one of these uh, that we have been looking at over the last uh, few weeks, you can relate it to a later parable that the Lord is talking about later on in his ministry. And so that's kind of what we'll be doing a little bit this morning, actually a lot this morning. Because for me, as I have been thinking about it, and I have been praying about this scripture throughout, throughout the last couple of weeks, actually, in verse 12, when he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, it reminds me, and it brought to my attention, of Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, the first few verses of that, of Matthew chapter 7, I think it really highlights these two points. Uh, forgiveness as far as us and forgive us forgiving forgiveness as far as others and so when it talks about right here back in uh, I don't want to lose you in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12 in the first part it says forgive us our debts and I want us to understand that we have been forgiven a great debt a great debt it reminds me of the old I think it's an old southern gospel song he paid a debt I could not pay I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Great. Caleb, you want to sing it for me? No, you're good. Okay, uh, there we go. And uh, it, it's talking about we had such a debt that we could absolutely not pay, you and I. It's talking about when we have entered into our world, we understand the, the difference of right and wrong. We understand as far as what sin is. We, we have this separation between us and holy God. And it's something that we could never uh, uh, build any kind of bridge. You know, some religions will teach you if I'm just good enough, I do enough works or I pray this certain prayer, that's going to get me to God. When nothing that we can do on our own, the Bible tells us that even our best is as filthy rags to a holy God. So there's nothing that I can do to win God's good graces. And so the, he tells us that through his son, Jesus Christ, and him dying on the cross for our sins, that our debt has been paid. The only way for that debt to really be applied to us, it's already there waiting, I believe. And, and it tells us that if we just come humbly, through the Lord, humbly to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us and make us right before him, that he'll save us and that he'll cleanse us and that blood will be applied to my account. And that blood, my debt, has now been paid. And so we have owed a debt that we could not pay and so he tells us this, and I believe in verse 12, he says, For, forgive us our debts. That's the main thing that we have in our life is the, our relationship with the Lord, that debt that we could not pay. I want us to understand also not only a, that debt, 
that the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, whenever I ask the Lord to save me and to be the Lord of my life, commander-in-chief of my life, then guess what? He had saved me for everything up to that point. He had already cleansed me, forgiven me for all those sins, but He keeps saving me. He keeps forgiving me in, in my life. I can think about just this week whenever I've messed up, maybe even this morning I'd have to look and examine it, of just my attitude, my thought life, and how I stray, and the Lord continues to forgive me and forgive me and forgive me. Thank the Lord He doesn't have to go back to the cross and die all over again for every one of my sins, but the Lord continues to forgive me and cleanse me. Those things are already have been paid for. They're already under the blood. And so we just continue to go to the Lord in, in a place of forgiveness and a place of, of owning up to our sin and our and our disappointments and our things that we go through in our life and just ask the Lord to cleanse us, make me whole, make me right before you and agreeing with him that we have sinned and the Lord continues to forgive our debts. Now I want us to look at everybody with me this morning. Just give me a little nod. All right, good. All right, so Matthew chapter 7, I think this is a passage of scripture. I think it's going to really tie in really well with this scripture that we're looking at in Matthew 6. But in Matthew 7 is one of the most quoted verses, I think, in all of Scripture, and it's a sad thing. Because I think this is something that is so missing in the Christian church. Not only in our church, but in the Christian church. Just of being able to walk alongside each other in the Lord. It says in verse 1 in Matthew chapter 7, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you have, uh, that you judge, you will be judged. <clears throat> and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the, pl the plank in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, let, let me remove the speck from your eye, Look and look, a plank is in your own eye. Verse 5, Jesus says, and I, I think it's quite interesting, I, I want to highlight that, is that Jesus, when he's giving the model prayer, he talks about hypocrites. He says, don't be like them that are standing in the, in the middle of everyone in the open square and is praying out to that everyone can hear them and they're looking down upon everyone else. And Jesus is saying when people look at them and think that there's something, Jesus said, that's their reward. You remember a couple weeks ago, the Lord said, don't be like them. He said, because you need to be in a place of secret praying to Holy God and he, will, he is going to be the one that is going to reward you openly. Do it in the right way. He says, don't be like them, Jesus says. And you see this same language here in verse 5 of chapter 7. Jesus says, hypocrite. That's what he calls them. And hopefully we don't fit in that category that Jesus uses this language in and calling us a hypocrite this morning. I hope that's not where we find ourselves. And if we do, guess what? We can go to the Lord and ask him to forgive us. But he tells us in verse 5, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And before we move on to that second part of verse 5, he says, first remove the plank from your eye. And so I believe that really ties in to going back to chapter 6 and verse uh, 12. He says, forgive us our debts. You and I, I believe when the Lord has given that eye comparison, when you look at something that's right here in your face, and the only thing I can think of this week is, is an old saying, uh, some of you uh, older folk in here may, uh, may use this a lot more than the, than the young folks uh, use this. But it says, sometimes you'll miss the forest because of the trees. 
You ever examine why that, why that, you know, why is that saying? It's because you're, because there is a tree right there in your face and all you see is that tree, but you cannot see the whole forest that's there. And you're missing out that it's really so many other things that's out there. There's a huge forest, but all you're focused on is right there in front of you. For us, the plank that is in our eye, that tree that is right there in our face is our sin. As I said, the first thing is for us to understand our debt, understand that we need that relationship with the Lord. The Lord has done everything for us as far as dying on the cross for our sins, making a way that we can have a relationship with holy God. Why is that important and key for me? It's because I don't know how to be the husband that I need to be. I don't know how to be the father that I need to be. I don't know how to be a pastor or a preacher that I need to be. I don't know how to be the coworker that I need to be. I don't know how to be the friend that I need to be. I don't know how to be the church member that I need to be. And through the Lord that I can seek him and ask him on a daily basis, Lord, show me how to be these things. And some, Brother Jake said it last week, some people look at Christianity as a crutch. It, I hope it's even more than a crutch. I hope it's your life. I hope that's who you are. It's because if I've ever ministered to you, the Lord tells me, the Lord shows us in Scripture, if I've ever been a blessing to you, it's, because, it's not because Garen knew how to be that blessing to you. It's because of a part of me, thank the Lord, His Spirit was showing me and teaching me of what to say and what to do, and I res- responded to what the Holy Spirit was telling me and I was the, the daddy that I needed to be. I was the husband that I needed to be. I was the, the uh, church member that I needed to be. And I said something to you in that moment or did something that was a blessing to you. It was only because of the work of the Holy Spirit. I need that in my life. I believe each and every one of us need that in our life. Yes, there's the heavenly factor of it. I surely do not want to go to a place. I think the biggest issue with hell is the fact that uh, I think that we miss this many times. It's the separation from holy God of being separated from holy God for all eternity and understanding that when we're with the Lord in heaven, that is what heaven is all about. The Bible says there'll be no sun in heaven because it'll be the sun of the Lord Jesus Christ that will shine throughout all of heaven. And he tells us it's because we get to be with holy God for eternity. And there won't be any, there, you know, all the blessings of heaven. We can get on a shouting um, uh, spell this morning talking about all the great things of heaven. Just like it told us in the Lord's Prayer, we're trying to get a little bit of heaven down here on this earth. And so for us to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, he tells us that he has forgiven us our debt. And again, he says, remove that plank from your eye and dealing with my sin each and every day. Yes, I've dealt with my relationship with the Lord. I know that I'm saved. I know I have a relationship with Holy God. But each and every day as I fall short and each and every day as I seek the Lord, I have issues. There's been times over the last couple years that I have not wanted to go to church. Have you ever been there? Not this crowd, right? Not this crowd. Didn't want to go to church. Have you ever been in that place where you you don't want to pray? I don't even feel like praying. You've been in that place where you look around and you says, you know, does anybody really just, even in the Christian church, does anybody even really care about me? Have you been there? And have you been in those places in your life where you're just discouraged and you've been at these low points and moments of your life 
and just really calling out to God. And, and yes, we've taken care of that, that main sin debt that we had, but each and every day we have these issues, these planks that we're dealing with. And the Lord speaks to us. I can think about moments where I wasn't sleeping. I can think about moments as a believer. I can think about moments that not, not sleeping well, just thinking of, you know what? I don't know if tomorrow's going to, it didn't feel like tomorrow was going to come. And tomorrow was here. And tomorrow, and there's been another day. And there's been restoration. And there's been life. And there's been abundant life. And as you, and I think what I want us to remember this morning before we move on to the next point when we start dealing with others, I think it's important for us to remember when we were in that place. When we felt hopeless and helpless, and yet we're in a different place today. May we be reminded, I always talk about the taste of salvation, but remember the taste of being in that place whenever it was dark and it was lonely. The children of Israel, they quickly forgot their place. God, God heard their cry in slavery. God heard their cry in Egypt. God, save us from this place. We are not in our own land. God, we are uh, slaves to this foreign country from this, uh, this dictatorship in Egypt. God, save us from this. And God sent Moses to lead his people out. They get out there in the desert. They start uh, going against hard times. And they said to God, God, why did you bring us out here to die? God, it would have been better for us to be dead in Egypt than out here with God and with God's people and God's leader. And they quickly forgot what it really was like in that place of slavery, in that place of torture. And so God is, and then what did God do? God, God sent him bread down from heaven. He literally sent down bread for he, from heaven, and it lasted years for the children of Israel. And guess what? They began to complain about they had the same meal every day, even though it came straight from God from heaven. And so that's just like us. We forget what it was like in that moment, in that place of being under, under bondage in, in sin. And the Lord deals with us, helps us, corrects us. And we need to have that kind of place this morning for us to remember as we move on to our next passage of Scripture. In verse 12 of chapter 6, it says, and so we've already looked this morning as forgiveness for us. Let's talk about forgiveness for others. Verse 12, the last part, it says, and as, as we forgive our debtors. Not only forgive us our debts, the Lord is telling us of how to pray, but he says also, as we forgive our debtors. I love how it is in this same verse, and, it's, and, it, and it shows this unity in this, in, in this verse here. It shows like it goes hand in hand. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And as you go through, going fast forward again to Matthew chapter 7, we see it, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read it again, verse 1, Judge not that you uh, be not judged, for with the judgment you judge, you will also be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your eye? So he's telling us, let's make sure that we're dealing with our sin, that we're dealing with our debt. Let's deal with our issues. And then it says, or how do you say to your brother in verse 4, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. It says in this terminology, when you're dealing with other people's sin, have you ever looked upon somebody else? If, 
You know, the way we deal with our family and our friends and our church family, we, we could solve all of your problems, right? I mean, we could just have you come up here. We could just tell you what you need to do and your life would just be better, right? If, if you got family like mine, you know, they'll just tell you what you're doing wrong and how you just need to correct it. And, you know, you just you'll be better off. I'm not the only one that has a family like that, okay? But we, we can all correct each other so easily this morning. But the Lord's telling us that we need to deal with ourselves so that we can actually be a help and an encouragement to others. And that's what I believe, when I said that earlier, what I believe the Christian church fails at so much is being able to deal with our own sin, really understand what we have gone through in our lives, to be able to be a help to other. In verse 5 again, it says uh, in chapter 7, it says, First remove the plank from your own eye. Jesus gives instructions. He says, listen, if you're doing it in the wrong manner, you're a hypocrite. He says, do it in this manner. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly. We're going to look at that word clearly in a second to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Then you will see clearly how to deal with your brother's sin. He says you're going to see clearly. Because before, when you're just dealing with your brother's sin, you're coming with so much, uh, so much of just religion. You're coming with so much of just black and white. And this is what the book says and hitting him with the book. And please understand, we never, we never go away from God's word when I say that as far as the book. But when we have gone through things and we have understood some things and we've walked through life and we understood the, the debt that we had towards holy God and the only way we can walk in holiness is because of God. And then we have remembered those times of dark places in our own Christian life when we go and deal with our brother and our sister in the Lord. We go with a lot more compassion. We go as seasoned people in the Lord to know that, you know what, there is going to be another day. This is how you deal with sin and you show it with compassion and we show it with love, never forsaking what God's word says, but we do it side by side with them versus just throwing the book at them and running. And so it tells us here again in verse five, I want to read it again. It says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's interesting when you read scripture of how different it sounds than what you see people just say out there in our so-called Christian world. Many times you will just hear the first two letters, I mean, first two words, judge not. When you miss the whole point, when you judge yourself, you will receive that same judgment back to you, he's telling you, but also you can see clearly of how to help and encourage your brother in the Lord and your sister in the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, I want to read it again, verse 12, Jesus tells them and instructs them in forgiveness, ask for forgiveness of yourselves and forgive us our debts as we, in conjunction, in unison, as we forgive our debtors. It reminds me again of a story that you'll see in the gospel when Jesus is talking about a parable of how this man was forgiven such a great debt. It was a debt in comparison in that time to there's no way this man would have been able to work 
his entire life. It was a debt of lifetimes of, of working in order to be able to pay off this debt. And the person that was owed this debt turned to this debtor and he told him, your debt has been forgiven. And the man who had his debt forgiven turned to the man who had just maybe a month's wage that he owed him. And he couldn't pay. And the, and the Bible tells us that he tells the man, because you cannot pay, you need to be put in prison. The man quickly forgot, and the whole reason of the parable is that the man forgot the kind of debt that he had been forgiven of. And yet he was unwilling to forgive a smaller debt to the person under him. There's nothing that we should limit people on as far as our forgiveness. Because if we play in that category, and that's what it tells us in chapter 7 in the first couple of verses, the same judgment that you are putting on other people is going to be applied to you. And thank the Lord that the Lord is there and willing to forgive us in our sin, all of our sin. And we should be in a place to be able to forgive and keep forgiving people just as the Lord Jesus Christ is forgiving us. Now, I want to give us a word of encouragement. I don't want to leave us there this morning. Uh, I want us to turn real quick and we'll be done to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and be honest with you, I put this in my notes this morning. And uh, I put it in my notes this morning because it really spoke to my heart and uh, as I was just driving in. And 1 Corinthians, because the Apostle Paul is talking to this Corinthian church. And let's not, let's not forget, I believe this is a huge word of encouragement for us. Because the Corinthian church, when they gathered together, they would act, the scripture tells us when they gathered together and when they left out, do you know that they said that they were actually better off before they came in? That's a bad situation. You know, it's kind of like going shopping at the mall and your pocketbook is pretty full. Or you go shopping at Lowe's, everybody's doing their home improvements still right now, right? And you go shopping at Lowe's and that pocketbook is full. And when you leave out, you just feel really empty. You feel worse than, than when you walked in because of how much money you spent. I guess that's just only me and Lisa this morning. But anyway, you, you, you walked out worse off than where you were before. I, there's probably a better example of this. But the church of Corinth, they were so wicked and they were so ungodly, but God still loved them and cared for them. God still had a plan for them. Even in his correction, when the Apostle Paul gets to it, that the Apostle Paul tells them, listen, you are leaving in a place of worship and worse off than you were. Because listen, this church was so wicked and ungodly. When they were taking the Lord's Supper, they were coming there to eat food. When they were taking the bread, they were all getting full on the Lord's Supper, on the, on the bread. And they were getting drunk with the wine. That's the kind of church that we're dealing with there in uh, the church of Corinth. But yet the Lord wanted to deal with their sin and the Lord still had a plan for them. So I want to read this to us as a word of encouragement this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul tells us, listen, here he is. He's saying that who he is in verse 1. In verse 2 it says, To the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who are in, 
who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus uh, Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We sang about it this morning, didn't we? The grace of God, the mercy of God that we have in our life. And Paul even says in verse 4, I thank God always concerning you, the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, earnestly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, God is faithful by whom you have been called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's saying, listen, even with all your mess, he knew about all of their mess. He knew about all of their situation. And God says, God is telling them through the apostle Paul that listen, church, you have a fellowship with holy God. God has not forsaken you. God has not thrown you out. God is there giving you not only mercy, the place of the things that we don't deserve. We don't, we don't deserve that forgiveness. But even more than that, God gives us grace on top of it. God continues to pour out more things that we don't deserve. Things not even close. And so I hope this morning as you leave that you would examine your own life. You would examine the debt and understanding that God paid a price for you on the cross to forgive you of your sins. And I pray that you would accept him this morning if you have not accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I pray as we deal with our sins each and every day that we would be honest with the Lord in our place of sin. That we would also remember where God has taken us. Many times we don't look back and see the garbage and trash that we have been entangled with over the last several years. And you know what? As the old saying is, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm sure better than I used to be. Okay? I'm better than I used to be. And remember those places where you were and God has removed you, rescued you from those places. And as we deal with people, that we would deal with them in the same way that we're thankful that God has so graciously, mercifully dealt with us. That we could be in this place of walking in unison with each other, knowing that we have fellowship in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to pray for us this morning. Lord God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. Thank you for loving us, caring for us, Lord God, in such a way that is just beyond imaginable, Lord God. Uh, it, it's, it's in a way, Lord God, that you loved us and cared for us that we can't even sometimes comprehend of all the things that you have done for us. And I pray, Lord God, that we would take a portion of that. We'd be like you, Lord, that we would take that and apply that to other people's lives. I pray we'd be not only the church member, the, uh, the brother and sister in Christ that we need to be, Lord God, but we would be the, the father, the mother, the, the husband, the spouse, Lord God, the wife, the children that we need to be, Lord God, the co-worker that we need to be for this world around us, Lord God, and for your honor and for your glory. Again, we love you and we praise you for all that you're doing, for all that you're wanting to do this morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.